Salutations, listeners. Sivalis Valeo. Valabagulis. Nanu Nanu. Thank you for tuning in. This is Three Men in a Basement, and we are the Ultra Crepidarians. My name is Colin McLeod. Mark Alpierre. Action Jackson. In this podcast, we review movies, and we deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. In this show, we try and target movies that are not total blockbuster smashes. We also look for ones that are not so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy, even if you wanted to. Instead, we like to aim for that delightful sweet spot right in the middle. Those movies that uh, have been lost to time a little bit. Uh, maybe maybe you remember seeing the, this with your Nana and Pop Pop? Under a cushion, perhaps? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you saw these projected on a wall in your local auditoria. Maybe you mm. were necking in the back of a pickup truck at a drive-in. Oh, yeah. You seem like you know too much. I can neither confirm nor deny. Necking. <laughs> it's adjacent to caking. Yes. Caking is close to bacon. Yes. And I love bacon. Bacon is the candy of meats. That's facts. And we are going to... Bacon dis potato. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, those movies, you know the ones we're talking about. Yeah. We review those movies and decide whether or not it's worth your time to go dig them off a shelf, dust them off, pop them in the old Betamax, spin them up, and watch them. Uh, this week, we reviewed the movie The, the Crazies. Whoa! And the German spin you guys did on <laughs> it that worked. Was, it worked. That really, you know, I think I think our German audience. I think, I think that, they're really going to appreciate it. Yeah, that. I think it's coming up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Crazies. Are, <laughs> the Crazies. 2010 movie. Rated R. Uh, is this rated R, guys? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's not. Nope. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely rated R. One hour and 41 minutes. Thoughts? Um, This was a weird one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how to say this without going into web web plans. But uh, it kept me on the edge of my seat long enough and consistently enough that I was never bored, but it definitely felt like a longer movie. Did it? Interesting. Okay, yeah. Mark, thoughts? Uh, I felt like this was like an arc and drag in that when you think the movie is just about wrapping up, it might be at like the halfway point. Yeah, I got to agree with that in that I think this movie actually goes along at a good clip. Like at any sort of individual moment, it's moving pretty quick. Yeah, never boring. Never boring, but you're right. In the same way that I would say Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, right? You remember that flick? They like get off the island and you're like, the movie's done and it's super not done right. <laughs> there's like a lot more to happen it's a little like that there's a yeah. couple of moments where you're like they could wrap it up here but they don't um and i don't think to the detriment of the movie i think no. the movie is you know it's not like it drags because they didn't end it there but it is a little surprising to the viewer i think so so and yeah, I, there were definitely a few moments where i was like this would be a good wrap yeah this would be a solid spot for them to end it but too soon. Yes. Well, I think we're going to have to tease this apart. Yeah. So, an hour 41, it felt it in a very weird way. Yeah. But it, it, it also moved. Don't think just because it felt an hour and 41, it dragged. Horror thriller. Uh, thoughts. Accurate. Yeah. Yes. There is one obvious missing uh, genre. And again, we've talked about this with like Kung Fu, and we talked about this with a few other movies, but there are some things that don't always make their way into like being a proper genre, but they are. And in this case, the missing genre is zombie. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a zombie movie. So just heads up, it is every bit a 
sort of tried and true classic zombie film. And it's not your your typical zombie, you know, bite a person, get infected kind of stuff. It's a little bit different. So I can coat of paint. I can kind of see why they didn't slap the zombie tag on there. But it absolutely 100% is a zombie movie. Totally zombie movie. And then as zombie movies are wont to do, horror thriller is definitely appropriate. Yep. Okay, so what's our description of this movie, the IMDb description? After a strange and insecure plane crash, an unusual toxic virus enters a quaint farming town. A young couple are quarantined, but they fight for survival along with help from a couple of people. (laughs) Along with help from a couple of people. <laughs> what? That what? Was, that was kind of a that was kind of a strange it was, tie. It was a strong to... start with a very weak finish. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird bow to put on that. But I mean, yeah, that's co- what happened. with help from a couple of friends. <laughs> but like, not even friends, just just people, others. Yeah, with I help s- from others. I survive with a little help from my friends. <laughs> Are they the friends? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that, that encapsulates it. I, I, I don't think I would add anything to it. Uh, okay. Or change some of the words, but uh, yeah, that, that gets the bones. So let's lead with directed by. So the director, the actual like director of photography is Breck Eisner. And I don't recognize that name so much. I didn't either so when, I, much. when I saw the credits. However, this movie was written and produced by... George A. Romero. So something to take away from this is this movie is a remake of a 1973 movie by the same name that was written and directed by George A. Romero. Uh, George A. Romero, you know as the master of the zombie, the zombie genre. king of zombies. He, I mean, he invented the zombie genre in many respects. I yeah, mean, the dude is unstoppable. Every major zombie film, basically, in like from the 60s. So the 90s was George A. Romero had a hand in, or Dawn directly, of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, yep. you know, like, or, served as or the directly muse influenced, yeah, huh? yeah, or served as the muse, for yeah, yeah, like, no, that, that it's his, he created the modern zombie genre, yeah. So, who do we got in this movie? Oh man, I love Timothy Oliphant. Oh, I, he's fantastic. He doesn't have, like, it's, it's weird, he doesn't have like brand recognition. You know, in the same way that, like, a lot of celebrities do. He kind of pops up in some weird places. But he's always welcome. Yeah. He's like the the special K to other actors and actresses like Corn Pops. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, everybody, you know, knows and loves Corn Pops and they're sweet and they're... But, like, when you get a mouthful of special K, you're like, god damn. Yeah. I, I forgot how nice this is. Yeah, ketamine is really nice. This is good. Yeah. This is, yeah. I got a mouthful of Oliphant. I you know what the worst part about Timothy Oliphant is like he definitely took an unfair share of handsome That's like when they were doling out the handsome when we were all born he got an extra scoop he did they and he didn't say anything about it which nope. is I feel like I feel like disingenuous yeah well he's got like a weird like express like it's not an expression like his eyes are like they're always like half masked yeah they're squinty like he's trying to like peer through his I don't know like his it's like a sexy non-conservative Clint Eastwood. It's like a very distrustful yeah. <laughs> face, but one that you would let watch your kids. Well, depends on what he's watching. Fair. I didn't say my kids. <laughs> oh, you would let him watch our kids? Yes. Right, okay, yeah. that, that tracks. Yeah, yeah that not, tracks. not as lot, not, not as much to uh <laughs> Do you know he was in Bubble Guppies? 
I did not. I've never yeah. heard that. I did not. So Timothy Oliphant, uh, things that we know him from. So he plays Thomas Gabriel, the bad guy, in Live Free or Die Hard, the one with, you know, obviously Bruce Willis and Justin Long. He is also in... Justified. Justified, yeah. He played the marshal in the Book of Boba Fett recently. Uh, Perfect Getaway. He was in that movie. That was that was pretty good with Steve Zahn. He's definitely one of those people where it's like, if you don't know who we're talking about, look him up and you'll be like, oh, that guy. I know yeah. that guy. Yeah, it's of course I know too. that guy. Yeah, flipping through his, like, known for, I'm not pulling up too many blockbusters, but, like, he's such a recognizable Yeah, place. and he does slip in random places. Like, he was in he was in a couple episodes of The Office. He plays Danny Cordray, the, the, like, super sexy salesman, traveling salesman who, like, they're trying to recruit to Dunder Mifflin. Yeah, he was in Rick and Morty. He was on The Simpsons, like, Fargo, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Good Place. Oh, like, the, he's just all over. The Girl Next Door. Yeah. Oh, man, he was in Rockstar. I forgot he was in Rockstar. Oh, With dude. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. He plays one of his bandmates before he gets into Steel Dragon. Uh, okay, so Timothy Oliphant, you know him, you love him. Who else do we have in this movie? Uh, Rada Mitchell you might recognize, but she's a little bit more of a niche actress. She's been in mostly sci-fi stuff. She was in Pitch Black. She was the lead. Oh, yeah, she was right. in She was in Man on Fire and The Devil's Workshop. Fantastic actress, in my opinion. Of the few movies that I've seen her in, she, she did the role very well. Some of the movies didn't land, but that's not necessarily her fault. That's more of a writer-director issue. But all in all, I think that she is a very solid actress. Uh, so I think I'm going to mention two other people because they're like sort of important to the movie, but to be perfectly honest, I don't recognize them. We've got Danielle Panabaker. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I've seen mm. her in a bunch of stuff. Okay. It looked like she was in The Flash? Yeah. She plays... Who does she play in The Flash? Caitlin something or other. Yep. So she's in The Flash. She's in Friday the 13th. Who she play? In Friday the 13th, she plays Jenna. Oh. <laughs> Jenna is such a... Like, Friday the 13th victim name. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Jenna did not make it to the credit scene of that movie. I guarantee that. But she was also in another Romero film called Fight of the Living Dead. I don't think I've seen that. I've seen um, a lot of Romero, too. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Joe Anderson in this movie. Which, he actually has, like, a higher uh, recognizable films to his name, even though his, his name and face would not uh, lead you to think that. He was in Across the Universe, The Ruins, The Grey. Big um, movies, but definitely not. I feel like all of those movies relied on like one or two big names and then everything else sort of fades, which yeah. I guess this actually kind of fits that bill too. Yep. There's one other name I want to throw out here. He yes. plays a super bit part in this movie, so don't go to this movie for this guy. But Glenn Morshower. Oh. Uh, this guy, if you ever see him in a movie or a TV show... He's a government stooge. Yep. Maybe he's an admiral. He's a cop. He's a navy man. He's a chopper pilot. He's Whatever. FBI. He's always no. wearing a uniform. Yep. And that's just what he's known for, being... Cop dude number six. Yeah. Cop dude number six. Point five. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we can move on to Rex. Yeah. Thoughts? I recommend it. I definitely recommend it. I also recommend it. I yeah. mean, you know, the one thing I would say... Know is, your genre, though. Know your genre. It's a yep. zombie movie. We said that... You know, I think if you like zombie movies... You'll like it. You'll like it, I think. And I, I think it's definitely one where, like, if you like zombie movies, don't miss it. And I say that not because it's spectacular or it'll blow your mind. It's, like, the greatest movie ever. But I think it's a well-executed zombie movie. Absolutely. And if you like zombie movies, I think you'll jam. 
Yeah, and I think in, in the same way that a movie like 28 Days Later or you know 28 Weeks Later, where it's it's a zombie movie, it's unique enough that it doesn't feel like I, I know exactly what's going to happen. You know, I, I think that it is it is an adequately fresh amount of paint. You know, there are zombie movies out there that I think are garbage. You know. Um, just because of how formulaic they are and you you know all of the beats this one it feels familiar are, but it's, it's unique enough are you taking aim at my personal production the george a romero great british bake-off yes crossover night of the living bread that's exactly what i'm doing okay they didn't know i feel very called out, out right now that's and correct. i'm just i'm gonna put I'm, I'm just gonna say i'm not in a safe space i can't remember the name of the movie but bill You're murray not. and tilda swinton did a zombie movie fairly recently and it was hot garbage okay again that's that's a good thing because i asked them to be in night of the living bread and neither of them even returned my call and like we go way back rat bastards both of them. Uh, both of them both of them bill i know you're listening shame shame uh, you need the bell from for, uh, to, to march him through the streets like in game yeah. of thrones hey try, try again shame ding ding shame ding ding <laughs> Hey, hey, perfect. I, I'm really perfect. happy we made it through two of those because <laughs> I really thought yeah, that, that worked. I thought that was going to work. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, Jackson picked up a shot glass. Not that we're drinking; we don't do that. No, nope. but Jackson picked up a shot glass and a plastic pencil, <laughs> and then smacked the pencil against it, expecting it to tink. If you if you missed it, it sounded like this. That's almost exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Spoil this biatch. Ready to Wow, he just like blessed the microphone. It's like he was with... playing a theremin. Uh, yeah, I Ooh. guess I would. I I would thought he was going like full archbishop on us. Like, wait, can I can I play the theremin with that, or are we? Is it too? Has it been too long? Like, can I retract and then resubmit a bwe? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, we can do that. All right. Yeah. The theremin thing, it it inspired me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I feel like that was worth... That was definitely... Going back for In fact, I found a theremin at the share house. No, you... I did. Did you buy it? I did. I have to fix it because it doesn't work, but I will fix it. That's pretty boss. Yeah. I've never seen a theremin in real life before. so dope. You've seen a thera woman. Yes. Never a Thera. Plenty of Thera women. Yeah. Very sexual. Yeah. It's definitely like that whole Amazon thing, right? All the Thera men died out. Yeah. The Thera women persisted and, yeah. and created a utopian culture of funny sounds and, you know. And death by Snoo Snoo. Yeah, and death by Snoo Snoo. Uh, and the Thera men just, you know, I mean. They were Snoo Snooed. They Snoo Snooed them to death. Yep. Which, I mean, hey, come on. That's of, a way to go out. Of the ways to go, I think I would go. have to put that at the top of my list. Yep. I'm I'm the sure that tip I follow. The top, you might say. I'm I follow. I follow. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what we're talking about. Okay, so how does this movie start? I actually really like the opening sequence of this movie. It basically opens on a Fire! Po- yeah, a post-apocalyptic hellscape of a town. Very easy to identify this town was like once upon a time a very cute little middle America type downtown and it is just in fucking pieces. Things are on fire. There is not a person in sight. And it's just a sort of slow not pan. Not a live person, anyway. Not a live It's a slow pan across this scene. And then 
it just says two days earlier on the bottom and then it cuts to the same town thriving people out in the streets having a good time there's a cut scene of a combine harvester and a lady riding it wearing hair curlers and smoking a cigarette wow are you hyper specific joking nope is that actually in the movie? That's actually in the movie. I can't tell if he's fucking with me. I'm yeah. not fucking, fucking with you. I, I have no ammunition. I don't I'm, remember that. I, I have to capitulate. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> yep, straight up. She's got a, a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, hair curlers and everything, and she's driving a combine harvester through her field. Yeah, but what? what's she smoking? What brand? That's a good question. Yeah, see, I found a hole. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, I recall. Yep, that's the hole we found. <laughs> they were Marlboro Light 100s. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, right. So middle America. We're yeah. still there. Yeah, yeah. But that's not totally out of place for middle america in the spring right which yeah. actually it is a little bit because it's a spring and she shouldn't be harvesting it they should be planting they made it very clear that it was spring because it was opening day for baseball yep and uh later we will find out that it's planting season so right. um okay so I, th- I think they did a decent job of like just establishing you know the characters without it feeling too forced yeah you know um, so basically, when it fucking goes off, I, I love the speed at which this movie accelerates. Right, and it comes out of nowhere. It does. I mean, like I said, it's opening day, it's spring. I, I, by opening day, I mean opening day of baseball. And the whole town turns out for this like local baseball team. And it's just kind of like cutesy going on. Haha, everybody's cracking jokes. And then out of nowhere. And I almost used the phrase out of left field, uh, uh, but it actually, I think it was out of center field. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He, this guy walks onto the baseball diamond with a shotgun in his hand. Very clearly this dude is like not all there. Um, not what you want to see at a community baseball game. No. Yeah. Sheriff thinks he's drunk. Starts just trying to talk him down. Yep. And had a good reason to believe he was drunk. Like he, he definitely had issues with alcohol that became like, and you the know, dude that, that like, came out later that like he actually did have that. It was a reasonable to assume maybe he fell off the wagon. And it was like talking to a sheep. The lights were on, but nobody's home. Right. Yeah. And this dude is staring him down in a, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a, like a, it wasn't like, he didn't have anger. No, no it was like, it was like almost, it was a part confusion. It was like a dash of confusion. It was like confusion, fear, and uncertainty. Like yeah. A, like a wide-eyed confusion. Yeah. Yeah. But, he but tells- like, but like the kind of confusion where it's like, if you make the wrong move, I'll kill you. Yeah. Kind of confusion. Yeah, there's the, right? there's the fear. And he tells, he tells his deputy, get the boys in the dugout. So the whole team clears the field. The entire community is at this baseball game. Very clear that it's an important day. And everybody's watching this go down. They're watching the sheriff talk to this community member that they all know. Like, this is a small enough community that everybody's on a first-name basis. I mean, there's probably only a thousand people in this whole community. That's probably even pushing it. Teeny, tiny town. So he's talking to the guy, and he's trying to talk him off the ledge, tell him, you know, lower the gun, put the gun down. And he unclips his service weapon, and this guy, who we know is Rory uh, at this point, levels the shotgun and the sheriff, without missing a beat, just whips out and puts one round straight through his dome in front of the entire town. Right. Like, that is how the movie basically opens. That is the first five minutes of the film. Was it? Yeah. No, it was. It fucking... This movie went zero to 60. And I love that about it. Because you're not... You know, especially with like something like a zombie movie, it's like, I know there's going to be a fucking zombie. Yeah. Like, I know it's, it's, it's going to be zombie horror, blah, blah, blah. Like... Hit the gas! Yep. I've seen a lot of movies in my day, and I, as somebody who loves Romero, I'm a little ashamed to admit this, I have not seen the original Crazies. Um, I don't know if it hits the gas in the same way, but I do love that 
I love when directors have the ability to remake their movies. Like, I think one of the greatest examples of this in history is Sam Raimi remaking The Evil Dead. Oh, like, I think yeah. the, the remake of The Evil Dead was so fucking good. Like, he, he killed it. And the, the beauty of it, the reason I bring this up, the beauty of it is he got to, like, execute all of the things that he didn't have the budget, time, or expertise for when he made the original. Yeah. And he made it exactly the way he wanted it. It's fucking awesome. The original is awesome too, but it's awesome for different reasons. It's campy and it's it's nostalgic. This movie, again, having not seen the original, having not that sort of nostalgic connection, I don't know if it takes off the same way, but I can imagine it might not have. And him just sort of like throwing it into first and like flooring it yeah, right I, away. I can picture it. Being like a, a like a, a strategic decision that wasn't made in the first and was corrected later. Yeah, I can picture it, you know, like, released the movie and everybody that saw the original is going to see the remake, right? They're like, oh, the remake of the crazies. I love that film in the 70s. And then they watch it and they're kind of expecting the movie to go the same way. And then suddenly we're just going to take off and hit the gas. Yeah, I thought they did a pretty good... Like, it didn't feel like it was five minutes for me. Like, I felt like by the time it happened, I felt comfortable with the setting that they had established. Yeah, yeah. I think they did a good job of, like, establishing characters and, and setting, like, just enough to get you comfortable, and then they could proceed. You, I, it didn't drag on, the like, the initial setup. Yeah, you definitely weren't, like, confused by it's it. It's not like you get it, it was It was well-timed. It was well-timed. And actually... That's one of the things I liked about this movie a lot was like, especially in the beginning, I felt like the progression of events was extremely believable. Mm -hmm. Basically, from here, you got this guy in the morgue who was shot publicly because he pulled a shotgun on the sheriff. I don't know if we mentioned, but he mm -hmm. he actually did point the shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, and then him. he like raised it like he was gonna fire, and that's when he, that's when he shot him. I think Jackson, you may have said it already, but you got this guy in the morgue. The tox report comes back, and he had no alcohol in his system. They have no, no drugs, no alcohol, no idea why he was acting. No that psychoactive way. substance. Like now you've got another fella who's exhibiting strange symptoms. Bill. Bill, he is... Brought into the doctor. Because um, he's who, acting kind of strange. Yeah, by his wife. Yeah. And the doctor is Timothy Oliphant's wife. Yeah. yeah. The sheriff's wife. Yep, yep. David. And he's... Uh, Her he, name is not David. Oh, my but, mistake. <laughs> Pro probably not. Sometimes I mean, my memory is not infallible. Not many I mean, good. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you got the cigarette on the combine. Yeah. You know, so... Um, his but, wife, David. Yes. <laughs> David Lopez. David Lopez. <laughs> oh, no. But this guy, he's, like, borderline responsive. Like, he will respond to questions if, like, pushed, but he's not there. Like, it's... And he, like, repeats his, his answers. Yeah. Like, he's, like, they're rote. Like, he's, like, super distracted by something, sort of. You know, mm -hmm. that's just kind of, like, the vibe you're getting. Because he's not, like, exhibiting, like, zombie-esque behaviors. He's just not there. And he's not acting crazy. He's just... Distant. Yeah, he he responds to the doc eventually after like the second or third time she addresses him and he says, you know, she worries too much. I, I'm fine. I'm just really tired. And then she says, well, you got any plans for the weekend? And he says, she worries too much. I, you know, I'm fine. I'm just I'm just really tired. And mm -hmm. that's the moment all of us are like, this dude's not okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, raggy. Raggy. <laughs> uh Yeah, no. So he is... Not okay. But, I mean, again, I think what Mark was saying, too, is, like, still within the realm of, like... Could have a TBI. Sh yeah, shit you've 
seen before, right? Like, this is, like, heartbreaking to say, but, like, I have known people who have had things like strokes and people think they're drunk and it's had dire consequences and it's, like, because sometimes the symptoms of shit like that manifest in ways where you might think it's something else. Well, and the dude's a farmer. He could have fallen off of his tractor. It could be a million things, you know. um, It could have been pesticides fucking with his brain. Yeah. And so the doctor's basically like, you know, not slow playing it, but like, okay, we're going to go get him an MRI. Yep, we're going to get him a CAT scan. We're going to make sure his brain's okay. Uh, But we're going to do that Monday. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, he went home that night, and uh, let's just say he had a barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Locked his family in a closet and set the house on fire. Yep. I mean, they're splitting hairs, you know, he had a barbecue. They were already in the closet, all right? Right, I mean, he basically didn't even do anything. Yeah. You know. Right, they were not hiding from him or anything. No. no. Yeah. It's not um, like he had a knife or, you know, was acting like a fucking psycho. It's a barbecue. You're going to have a knife, sir. I mean, this is true. For the doggies. Yeah. For the doggies. Uh, so, sheriff gets called in, middle of the night. Wife comes with him because he hears, like, what happened. Right, right. And Bill is, like, sitting on, like, the back of a pickup truck, like, whistling and, like, humming a little tune to himself while his house is burning in the background. And the firefighter says something to the effect of only Bill made it out, she and the kid are still inside, mm-hmm. and this motherfucker's out here mowing the lawn. Yeah. Like, there was a there was a gas can sitting outside the door, and he's out there mowing the lawn. Yeah. Like, he, like, clearly it was set intentionally. And you might say he was... He was acting a certain way. I'm not sure exactly what I would call it. Um, not, maybe not sane. Sane adjacent? Sane, sane adjacent. Oh, are, you, like, are you trying to say he's crazy? No, 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 that's not it. No, no, oh, no, no, that no, couldn't no, be no, it. No, no, that's not it. No. Um, he's... The sillies? He's got the sillies! That's ah! what it is. Yeah. Mark, you hit it. Motherfucker's got the sillies. He's got the silly willies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Goofball. So one more additional little wrinkle. They get a call from three duck hunters who are sort of marching through the swamp. They see what looks like a sheet in the trees. They walk over to it and it's attached to some strings. They pull the strings and there's a feller under the water that pops up and he is uh, dead. Mucho dead. Mucho dead. Clinically. Bit of a moist raisin, Mm -hmm. if you will. (laughs) Clinically dead. You ever try to rehydrate a grape by sticking a raisin in some water? Mm, no. I imagine that is what that no, would look like. I, I have done that, and that's what it looks like. Is I don't are, like that. I was like six. I thought... Are, the, are these your hobbies, Jackson? Yeah, I get bored, all right? Yeah. You know, there are other things to do with your time. <laughs> you can only do so many things when you're watching a one-year-old. I'm saying, like, you could pick your nose. You could stuff things in outlets. No, don't like, don't, don't go know. with the nose picking, because he will try to rehydrate the boogers. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> Rehydrate a booger. Rehydrate a booger. Boom. Next that's science project. You're just wasting raisins. Dude, you that's where babies boogers. come from, bro. It is. I mean, I've never tried. I like it. I, I have like met it. a few children that I'm pretty sure were just rehydrated boogers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We did want a second one, so. I mean, well, there you go. There you go. Get faster. Yeah. Get, get a little faster. snot rocket and <laughs> go to town. Dip that video. <laughs> Just dip that puppy in some Fiji. Um, <laughs> Add a little miracle grow. I feel yeah. like if you grew a child from a booger in Fiji, 
I feel like the kid would grow up pretentious. Yes. I feel like the, it would be the kind of kid who would, like, ask for agave. Yeah. Just casually. You know? Do you have organic avocados? You know? That right. kind of kid? Yeah. Looking, um, looking for that kale-flavored Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> something something get some Get some of that uh, clear mountain spring water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's Perrier or nothing. Trash. <laughs> um, what happens? Does it, the next thing I'm thinking of is the doctor's office? But okay, hang on. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, we, we but but booger children. Yep, booger. Children. A band name, booger children. Rehydrated booger children. I feel like that would be part of their backstory in the same way like Guar has like a backstory, right? And then their like their first big single would be rehydrated. Yeah. What does the word hydrogenated mean? Hydrogenated, yeah. as in like partially hydrogenated soybean oil. I don't know. But it's got to—it's got to have something to do with like adding water molecules to something. I want to say partially hydrogenated booger children. PHBC. PHBC. That's too much? A, no, I, no. Okay, here's the no, 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 no. Here's the okay. Booger children is the band name. Okay. Uh, rehydrated is their big single. Partially hydrogenated booger children is the movie that they inevitably make. Mm. Like the biopic. Like Chud. Yeah. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to make that movie about their own origin story. In the same way that, like, in the late 70s and 80s, Kiss made a whole bunch of sort of, yeah. like, you know, animated and live action And classics. they partnered with Scooby-Doo. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like Booger Children will take a similar tact. Yeah, okay. I, I would watch that. I would watch the shit out of partially hydrogenated Booger Children. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a good time. Uh, but, like, what does happen next? Uh, okay, so they've got three dead bodies. They've got the guy who was killed by the sheriff on the baseball diamond. They've got the guy who killed his uh, family... That, in, he's not dead yet. Or sh I should say, I'm he's sorry. He's locked up. He's locked up. He's getting, like, progressively fucking crazier. Yeah, bleeding, and progressively more dead. Bleeding from his eyes, ears, and mouth. I feel like it is palpable that this movie came out before COVID because, like, somebody is literally exhibiting signs of a hemorrhagic fever and nobody's wearing a mask. <laughs> so you've got that guy. Well, I mean, I suppose you've got two other bodies, right? You've got his wife and child. Uh, and then you've got... Briquettes, really. Briquettes, yeah. <laughs> oh. That was dark. <laughs> I, all, I, I regretted I, it at, like no, that the was second it came out of my mouth. Objectively, that was funny. That's a mother and child. <laughs> but that's fine. Briquettes. Partially hydrogenated briquettes. We just like collectively refer to them as Kingsford now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they'll keep it going. Um, <laughs> Mark's, Mark's like, Mark's just disgust and derision towards us. <laughs> just like, yeah, keep it going. So yeah, that's, that's fine. Why you're, the fire you're being was, recorded right now. That's why the fire was so hard to put out, because it just kept burning. Sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by MapGas. <laughs> uh, okay, so the last body is the pilot, the guy that they pulled out of the swamp who had the parachute. At this point, I told you I was going to sort of signpost and talk to you about why I feel like the beginning of this movie is really awesome and kind of realistic and tracks in a really, like, kind of understandable and progressive way. They figure it out pretty fucking quick. So, all right, I'm sorry, let me rewind. After they find the pilot and they've got the three bodies, the deputy ends up coming to Timothy Oliphant's character and saying, like, hey, uh, so-and-so, you know, 
Jim McFungus down the road said, hey, uh, I heard something crash the other night, and I just, you know, basically dismissed him because that guy's fucking crazy. Mm. Uh, it turns out that, like, hey, well, you know, let's check it out because we got a fucking dead pilot in the middle. Where's the plane? So they go look for it. They end up finding it. It's in the middle of a fucking swamp, or river, rather. And then they end up putting it together pretty quick. They end up saying, basically, like, hey, where does the town's drinking water come from? And whose well is it going to hit first? And turns they, out it was Rory. Turns out it was the guy who first fuck, guy who got, went nuts and walked onto the fucking baseball diamond. Yep. And they basically isolated to the water really quick. Which yeah. Is awesome. Mm-hmm. And again, like, yeah, that's awesome. But it's also like I feel like people are smart enough to figure that out, right? Like, and I it mm-hmm. drives me nuts. Like, like a lot of movies, it's like halfway through the movie, they're like, "Do you think it could be the water?" <laughs> you know, like, do you, wait, do you think it could be, like, whatever the like, fuck hey, it's obvious that it what is? What does every human in this community have in common? Well, like, the difference is he not only, like, thought about it, but he just did it. He took care of it. Yep. Yeah, and so he immediately goes to the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> Uh, Basically. He, this dude, like, literally, this is the exact scene in Jaws where he's like, we've got a killer shark on the loose, and the guy's like, it's beach season, and that means money and tourists. Fuck um, the shark. But, yeah. yeah. Except he, he looked like the mayor in, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. He did. He did. Um, and so, yeah, he basically says, like, it's springtime. It's planting season. We're not shutting off the water. We're not shutting off the water. Or no, his exact hunch. words were, water stays on. <laughs> yeah. And Timothy Oliphant, being a badass, and like, again, this is like, I mean, maybe not quite super duper believable in the sense that like many people wouldn't risk their jobs, but it's the kind of thing that you want a character to do in a movie, right? Just like, he's basically just like, fuck you, and he goes and turns off the water anyway. Yeah, so he shuts <laughs> off, he breaks in. He shuts off the water and then steals the pump handle so nobody can turn it back on. And my, I didn't write this one down, but there is a quote here that I really like. His deputy was like, hey, I'm all for a little civil disobedience, but don't you think this could cost you your job? And David, Timothy Oliphant's character, goes, yeah, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he then goes, to, I think, to the doctor's... Yeah, I think he goes to the coroner, doesn't he? No, not the coroner. I think it's all in one. So he finds himself in the middle of the street downtown. There is a black SUV that is clearly, like, staking him out. And when he walks towards it, it fucking takes off. And he realizes the street in the middle of this town, which is normally bustling with people, is completely empty and abandoned. midday in the height of spring in a farming community, the the entire town is desolate. And we we missed something, too. There are a few scene transitions where it'll, like, jump to, like, a satellite view and then kind of, like, move back and it'll give you, like, a little bit of... Oh, yeah. Context. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the scene where he's in the town... He's on camera. You see him on camera. It kind of like zooms out from the perspective of whoever is in that van. So you can tell that whoever's in this van that he sees that drives away is a part of the group that is in the know. Yeah, whoever's in charge of the satellite. Yeah, one of the satellite images, you see the words flash up on the screen, initiate containment protocol. Mm -hmm. So you know that this is in some way a government-affiliated group that knows what the fuck is happening. Let's be honest, it's probably a subcontractor. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, the, the, that's the, fair. The lowest bidder. Yep, uh, cheapest option. Yep. So he ends up going into the corner, the 
sort of like it was a corner funeral director hair care tire center yeah he and, hears a bang uh, coming out of the funeral home uh, and general store mm-hmm. um school yeah we, i just but basically it was basically the dentist the, the, <laughs> he's the corner slash funeral director guy which you know in a small town you gotta wear multiple hats right hairstylist yeah he was also the town's accountant and you know makeup few, artist a few other things um Cosmetologist. He also directed the local movies. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to stop because I can keep going forever. So he goes in there and, guys, what does he find? Um, bodies. Yeah. He starts uh, like looking at the bodies and he's like noticing that they have some weird sort of like... Uh, like disfiguration to them like i think one of the people have like their eyes sewn shut and, like mm-hmm. their mouth is sewn together um like just really kind of like disturbing like like black plague style body preparation yeah, yeah. and the guy who's got his like mouth sewn shut um there were two guys there was a dead guy and then a guy who's yeah. Not so dead. Not as dead as the first guy. He starts uh, opening the uh, the stitches in the guy's mouth, and uh, the first words out of whoever th- this guy's mouth is, uh, you know, look behind you. Which, you know, point of fact, his eyes were shown. I know. I thought about that yeah. too. Either way, it to worked. be fair, the scene he worked. probably has like a good idea that that dude is not done sewing eyes and mouths shut. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. The scene works well. Um, coroner, was... doctor, funeral director, postman, um, just comes out of nowhere with a bone saw. No, 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 no. First, he cracks him Crack. across oh, the yeah. fucking head with Knocks a pipe, him out, or would have, you know, right along the hairy edge because it's like his eye. Because uh, of what? He like he's like right on the verge of passing out. Yes, yes. You know, almost unconscious. Yeah, and then the bone saw. Yeah. Bonesaw! Bonesaw is ready! I got you for three old minutes. Three minutes of playtime. Snap into a sling jam. <laughs> the cream rises to the top, yeah. Uh, real crazy. Uh, not what you want to be attacked with, in general. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I gotta say, one star for things I would want to be attacked with. Right, yeah. Right. But to his credit, he straight up kills his assailant with the fucking, like saw which is super badass like if someone's coming at me with a chainsaw or whatever i'm probably not gonna have the willpower to then kill them with the very weapon like yeah no that would be tricky because you'd have to disarm them first and then turn it around on them and you'd have to have like the mental fortitude to kill another person with like a reciprocating saw yeah i suppose it like depends on what they're attacking with right like Okay, hypothetically, right? Let's imagine somebody just, like, comes at you bare knuckles, right? Or maybe they're, like, a karate master and they're, like, coming at you with their hands. To rip that person's arm off and then, like, savagely beat them to death with their own arms. That's, like, a 10 on the difficulty scale. That's, yeah, no, that's tough. But disarming somebody who's got a chainsaw... Would be lower on the difficulty scale. Lower, but still impressive. Yeah. Um, Versus, like, a gun. Which yeah. is like a one out of ten, right? Yeah. It's well, like, I'm, oh, I lost my gun. It's like, well, yeah, well, I got, uh, I got it, bang, bang. Well, I'm just saying and, that, like, up to this point, like, we've seen him. Well, he he shot a motherfucker, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, he kills a man with a, like a reciprocating saw, or like a like a what is it? It's it's the uh, like um, sideways Dremel. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's the saws that they use uh, crack open a chest cavity. Yeah, to, to they they uh, they go through well. 
believe it or not, for a chest cavity, they usually go through. They usually use bolt cutters oh. to like to crack through the ribs. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the type of saw that they use. They'll cut skull caps with it. Right is basically the what it's typically used for. I believe. I'm just like saying that like you have to like it, it takes some mental fortitude to kill a person with that instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that death for me at least was more brutal than some of the others just because of the jump that we took i feel though like it was a little bit accidental slash incidental in that he doesn't like he doesn't take the saw and then fucking ram it into the dude no he was fighting for survival and happened to notice that the guy was like wrapping the cord around himself so he grabs the cord and pulls tight on it so that the bone saw angle grinder meat hook of death thing just like sinks into the guy's chest yeah. so he keeps pulling because that's his only way to survive yeah and he's basically just saying boom so I mean, it worked so then this <laughs> saw hits the ground and is like oscillating towards the blade hitting the floor and oliphant has that oh shit moment and starts backing away and it just takes off going right after his gonads and that's when his deputy comes in and stomps the cord and then unplugs it, saving the gonads. Yeah, countless lives. Hashtag friend. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag friend. That is a good, good friend. You know what? I would buy that gentleman a beer, like a Molson. I would say I would. No, like... not like a craft beer. No. I mean, it's yes, you saved my balls, but it's like, I mean, here's a cold. Come on, PBR. that's 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 like yeah, that's like a PBR Molson yeah. kind of deal. It's not mm-hmm. a it's not how you're buying your bells. <laughs> I would say I would like this man to watch my back. You saved my bells, but I'm not buying you bells. But he was very clearly watching Oliphant's front, and I think that was more important to him at the time. Yeah, because yeah. that's where he keeps his wee-wee. Yep. Yeah, it's the, the, the crotchal destination yeah. of said, you know? Yep. Now, crotchal destination, forgive me, that is the porn version of Final Destination? I believe so. Is yes. that correct? <laughs> I, I believe it's called Vaginal Destination. <laughs> oh, well, crotchal destination is the knockoff of vaginal destination. Now, do, do either ambiguous. of these movies involve a large log falling off of a extra a, large dildos, a actually. logging truck, and then bouncing into something which you know may or may not be a car? It's a sex thing. It's a, it's a, look it up. It's a sex thing. Log jamming. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Which is a reference to the Big Lebowski. It sure is. You know, it sure um, is. So... I'm the only one that gives a goddamn shit about the fucking rules anymore. <laughs> uh, so this scene ratchets up the movie, and it doesn't go back down from here. No. <laughs> um, but let's see what else happens here. We leave the corner. Shit's getting crazy. Town's pretty much done. He mm-hmm. has told his wife to go stay with her sister. Yeah. She doesn't want to. Nope. She is resistant to that. Kind of rude. A little bit. You know? A little bit. What? What is the next beat? Okay, so um, the next major scene is them getting abducted. I'm trying to think of where they oh. were. Okay, so they're at home. They're talking about how they need to leave. And during that conversation, she says, hey, there's somebody outside. Mm-hmm. And that's when they get abducted by the military. Yeah, he goes to the barn and he's trying to check out who's outside. And then he hears his wife screaming from inside the house. So he runs out of the barn and immediately gets grabbed by these government stooges. These mm-hmm. soldiers in gas masks. Yep. Yep. Fucking jackbooted stormtroopers. Brother. Right. Um, so oh. the military is rounding up the citizens throwing them on school buses. We're from the government and we're here to help you. 
Always. Yes. Always. <laughs> get on this bus or I will shoot you. Boom, 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 boom. Back. They are separated. Um, she. They do like a quick temperature reading on everyone as they're coming in. Yeah, uh, they to basically the go through center. like processing, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, COVID procedures. Fewer people were executed probably, but yes, the generally that is that is the procedure. That depends on your social network, but... Um, <laughs> I guess that's true. I believe InfoWars would have you believe that they were executing people in mass. Yes. <laughs> bulldozering them into... The bodies. Yeah, bulldozering them into yeah. mass graves. It's good. Um, it's good. Uh, <laughs> so she's pregnant. Uh, I don't know if we had mentioned that. We have not. We and, don't know how far along she is, but she's like she's not popping. Fucking no. like five days, right? <laughs> I mean, they we decorated the nursery, but she was not showing. C- but clearly, nobody else knew about it, right? So, so that also still... is kind of like she she's not showing, and his deputy, who you kind of surmises his best friend, did not know about so, it. So. It's safe to say that they're between the 8 to 12 week spectrum where they're not quite telling people, but they are getting ready. But they're like s- still like super pregnant. Perhaps nesting. Yes. Um, okay, so she has a temperature um, because, well, there's two of her. And is she, you know, she's separated. She's strapped down into this room. He is just kind of moved into this, like, well, where is he at? They, they're basically trying to, like, load him into a series of, like, pens towed by 18-wheelers. Yeah, they set um, up a containment field at the high school. Yeah, I hate to, like, draw comparisons to, like, the Holocaust. But, it was like, like that, yeah. It's yeah. like the way they transported Jews and prisoners of war during the Holocaust was, like, packing them into what was ostensibly like shipping ca- containers. Ca- cattle cars and yeah. shipping containers and like pulling them on the train this was basically the same thing but it was 18 wheelers were pulling them i don't think that that was unintentional either oh no no it was yeah. i mean it was very it was very the symmetry is impossible to miss yeah it was it was very intentional so they're trying to basically shepherd him into this and he says you know i'm fucking i'm going back for my wife he slips away i think it's a little bit easier because at this point the they came in what was a like an actual like like a firefighter's vehicle so like you know how townships and cities and shit have vehicles that are owned by the fire department that are not fire trucks or ambulances they're emergency response vehicles right basically it's it's you know so it's a suburban with lights on it kind of yeah these guys pull up in like it's like an f-350 and they they fucking crash through this like you know temporary but still very sturdy chain link mm. fence that wasn't the soldiers that was like just randos, randos. No, no 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 i know yeah, that's oh, what, yeah. no yeah. that's what i'm saying is like they basically like it but i but i two of the guys that hopped out had like they were wearing like blue with like badges and shit and i think it, i think they were like at least some of them were firefighters and stuff and they were basically just townsfolk who realized what was happening and wanted to kind of free the people and so they crash this fucking vehicle in to this fence, hop out with guns, and then this, like, firefight ensues, and then people panic, they push down the fences, and then all hell breaks loose, and Timothy Oliphant sort of uses this as his... Look, a distraction! Yeah, his way to sort of slip out, gets back to the police station. I am a little miffed that they didn't show us a little bit more about how he got back to the police station. Because it's not a short walk. No. No. But he's a pretty fit fella. So he gets back to the police station and his deputy is there. And they meet up, team up. Wonder Twin Powers activate. Form of an ice menorah. Form of gun? 
<laughs> Basically. I'm going Ice Menorah. <laughs> you know what's, what's weird is that, like, were they at the high school when they were being processed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they left the high school. Correct. To arm themselves, basically. And then go back. And then go back to rescue his wife. Um, but in the meantime, the military has fucked off because, you know, a firefight ensued, the containment was breached, all hell broke loose, and so the military, like, took off in their helicopters. So it's basically, like, the crazies and whatever fucking leftover people. Yeah, they were like, infected. well, these people are infected. They're already dead, so we're not going to try and save them or examine them. We're just going to piece the fuck out. So yeah. his wife and several other people who may or may not have been infected were all basically laying strapped to gurneys, not even like restrained in the way that you might be if you were like a threat to yourself. Right? No, this is like, like transporting a body. Yes, exactly. Like like belts across like chest, neck, feet, hands, like you are... You're a brick. You're basically a mummy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And while these these individuals are, like, kind of strapped, some of them are laughing, some of them are, Crying. like, making weird sounds. Like, you can tell that, like, there are a crazies amongst them. Um, but you hear kind of, like, some metal dragging. And this is... I think this scene was a part of the trailer back in the day. Like, this is kind of like, I think, you know, if you see, like, the cover of the movie, you know, this is kind of like that title piece. But there is a guy who's kind of walking down the hallway with a pitchfork, walks into the room, um, and starts impaling, you know, just skewering anyone that he finds that is alive. Sick or not. Right, right. And as you'd expect, Timothy Oliphant kind of saves the day just as his wife is about to die. They shoot this particular dude. Um, yep, they rescue... Be- was it Becca? Um, she plays Becca in Friday the 13th. That's no, she a- plays Jenna in Friday Jenna, the 13th. Jenna, is that what it was? Was her name Becca in the movie? I think yeah. it was Okay, alright. Okay. Alright, sorry. I was just, Becca, Jenna, it's, you know, six and a half a dozen. No, no, you're, <laughs> you're, you're right to question my memory. I accept it. Um, this is not an Anthony Starr situation. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, yeah, you fucking came yeah, out of left field with that one. Yeah, sometimes, came out of center field with that one. Sometimes lightning. <laughs> uh, just don't look for it again. Yeah, it um, doesn't strike twice. <laughs> so they they get out of there. So right now, the, the title cast, we've got, uh, we've got the sheriff, his wife, his deputy, and her... Girl number two. But girl number two <laughs> was, like, the nurse at... Uh, the, uh, the doctor's office. Yeah, so there yeah. is some connective tissue there. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, no, she's definitely number four in importance. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, so they... Their plan is to get back to a vehicle, but their plan is to get to the, the main drag. Yeah, first they go into town. Yeah, they go into town because they're trying to find a vehicle to get themselves around. And they get down to the main drag of the town, and all of the vehicles have boots. They were not made for walking. No. (laughs) Or driving. But you know just what they'll do? One of those days, those boots are going to stay right fucking put because a car with a boot can't drive. Exactly. (laughs) And motherfuckers ain't going nowhere. Yeah. So this is where uh, shit goes from bad to worse because they're now in, in major crisis mode because there's crazies after them, there's... The government stooges after him. And, and Duck they Dynasty's have, after him, And too. Duck Dynasty's after him. And <laughs> they have no wheels. They have no yeah. way to, to get around. So they're checking all these vehicles, and they do find a pickup truck that doesn't have a boot. So they're like, sweet. And uh, Timothy Oliphant notices that there's, like, blood dripping down from the tailgate and tells his deputy, get out of the truck. And Which, like, I mean, come on. Blood dripping down from the tailgate. 
think about, that think about your resale value yeah right i mean that's just it's irresponsible basically yeah right it's it's letting your car get to a state where you're just never going to be it's like smoking in your car yeah you're never going to be able to sell that car out. again it you know it depends it depends on the on the sales angle you know you could you know it's a coutrement you know just to the... throw down a tarp if you're going to stack bodies in the back of your truck throw down a tarp put a fucking tarp down it's vintage though you know, it's like the torn jeans of trucks. Is it, though? Yeah. Like, you pay extra for the blood. I thought truck nuts were the new torn genus of trucks. Mm. Is that just for people with small penises? Yeah, truck nuts, I mean, that's a sex thing, you know? It is. Yeah. Like, I got some truck nuts. So, like, technically, I mean, if your car didn't come with truck nuts and you put truck nuts on that car... Your car that, is now trans. That car is transgender now. Yeah. Right. And, and you support trans rights. Right. Yep. But where does the blood come in? Do you not need it if you've got the truck nuts? No. You don't? I thought... You could have blood and truck nuts. You could. Are those conflicting ideologies? I don't think they're conflicting. No, I just think that they're redundant. Oh, oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's bodies in the back of this truck. And the deputy, I think his name is Russell. From here on out, when I refer to Russell, it would be the deputy. He I'm, does have a Russell vibe. Yeah. Uh, runs back to the vehicle that they're hiding behind. And these duck hunters from before that discovered the pilot are the ones rounding up people and shooting them in the street and throwing them in the back of the pickup truck. They don't, like, explicitly show it or really even insinuate, but I got real cannibal vibes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, ma majorly. No, these are definitely, like, the... Like when you hear banjos paddle faster. Yeah. yeah. But, like, like they're collecting bodies. Yeah, these are definitely, like, the Ed Gaines style, like, I'm gonna wear your skin and dance around the house kind of uh, mm -hmm. hillbillies. But they never cross that line to, like, confirm it. I feel like they've ne they weren't given the opportunity. No. no. And I feel like later in the film, we get more evidence to suggest that that mm -hmm. may be their motivation. But even then. Yeah. I, I, I like how, like, they, they flirted with it. You know, we all got the same idea yep. collectively. But, yep. like... Anyway, okay, so Duck Dynasty leave. Where do they make it to now? They make it. They try to make it back to Timothy Oliphant's farm. On the way, they end up taking a shortcut that leads them through next to a farm. And as they're walking, they're, they come past the McGregor farm and a young gentleman by the name of Scott T, I believe. Yeah, Becca Boo. It's, I believe his name is Scott. His, his parents are probably like punk fans. Yeah, uh, and then his middle name was T. Or his, you know, middle name started with T, mm -hmm. so it was Scott T. And um, he pulls a gun on them, which historically is not a good idea. Hasn't worked out well for anyone else in this film. No, which yeah. maybe he didn't get the memo. We're putting covers on those, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So he ends up getting shot. Um, a scene or two later, uh, completely unrelated, him pulling the gun out. But you know, still gets shot. Yeah. 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 Hey, that's what happens. <laughs> It is not what happens. This is, for me, at least as I'm recalling it, one of the first, like, scenes where, like, they just confirm that, like, the military is not actually really trying to divide up sick and not sick. Um, they are eliminating. Yeah, they're just killing indiscriminately. You know, because uh, Scotty's mom, like, runs out of the house and... His he mom gets pulled up. out of the house. He runs out of the barn where he's hiding with them to intervene, and they just fucking gun him down. And then his mom runs to him, and they fucking gun her down. And yeah. then they burn the body. Like, they were each shot, like, once, which, like, regardless, like, there's a very... Because they were not shot in the head. There's a very good chance that at least one of them were still alive. And yeah. they just fucking walk up with a, a flamethrower flame and just 
torch the bodies. Not ideal. So the soldiers. Not ideal. No, I mean you know one to ten. That's probably like a three. Soldiers right. go to check out the barn where Scotty came from, and major uh, The the one soldier that walks through the door immediately gets body checked, and gets held hostage by the the gang. And the gang. This is like Scooby. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby and the gang. I mean, it kind of is at this point. <laughs> roll, roll, Reggie. <laughs> so they bring him to the back of the barn and they're asking him questions like, why the fuck are you here? Who the fuck are these people? And why are you doing this? What is going on? Like, I need answers and I need them now. Um, and he basically is like, hey, I don't know much of anything. I was told to come here and I didn't know where we were until I saw the license plates. So... He's like, hey, I promise if you let me go, I won't say I won't say a word. So they let him rejoin his squad because they realize if they keep holding him hostage and the squad notices that he's missing, they are going to look way harder and eventually they will f- be found. Um, so at that point, they let him go. Uh, they move on and they leg it off to Timothy Oliphant's place uh, where he has a car waiting for them. They collect some supplies get into a little tiff uh, with some zombie folk. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't want to be, you know, disparaging or derisive towards our fellow zombie citizenry, but they are all evil monsters and deserve to die. Um, These particular zombie folk are the family of the guy that David shot at the baseball game. Yeah, that that was tough. Well, it's super interesting too, in that like, so they're they're clearly affected by by whatever is happening, the virus. You know, their their faces are distorted, they're bleeding and fucking veins popping and shit. But they're conversing. Yeah, like, they, they are. They definitely like they're they're remembering. At his, they're at his house for a reason. Yeah, yeah. They didn't end up at his house randomly. They ended up at his house because they were angry. Like it 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 very it first makes you angry at things you have a reason to be angry about but more angry than you should be right and mm-hmm. then it makes you angry about like kind of everything yeah it's almost like this virus or whatever it is removes all of your inhibitions and you just act on impulse mm-hmm. all of your negative yeah. impulses yeah right this isn't this isn't like a Phineas gauge situation where he's like <laughs> you know He's acting on, like, good and bad impulses. And I think we should kind of, like, define... That they, they are, like, violent impulses, too. Like, right. It, it doesn't, yeah, it's all negative. It's fucking... It's just... But it doesn't go into, like, like assault. You know, there there isn't any elements of that. Nobody's looting grocery stores. Nobody's kidnapping people. They are just fucking killing them. Right. Well, I guess what I was... But, like, it wasn't rapey. Right. No, I agree. It wasn't rapey, and it wasn't, like you said, wasn't, it's not looting or anything like that. It is all violent impulse. But it definitely starts with, like, anger mm-hmm. before it progresses to violence. Um, that is definitely, like, the first symptom, you could yeah. say. So, really badass scene where Timothy Oliphant fucking heroes the shit out of it. Dude, he heroes the fuck out of that scene. Absolutely. Um, he gets, you know, we'll, we'll let the viewers, or we'll let the listeners uh, see how fucking banging Timothy Oliphant can be. And they end up sort of... Fixing the car that he has in his barn, taking off down the road while they're driving. They get a sense that perhaps the girl might be ill, and perhaps the deputy might be ill. And kind of while they're sorting this out, I should say, as they leave the their house, um, his wife 
says to him that his deputy is sick. Uh, she can tell he's violent. There's a scene, basically, he saves their life by shooting one of the people through a window, but then he comes upstairs and he, like, aggressively, like, shoots them both in the head twice. Multiple which, like, times, yeah. You know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it begins with things that make you angry, but for, like, legitimate reasons, you just sort of react a little bit beyond what you should. Because it's like, that is absolutely something I feel like I would do. Like, if I was in a situation where, like, the fucking zombies, crazy people... You're going to make sure they stay down. I would put so many bullets in every fucking important part of that person's body. It's the double tap. Yeah. Um, But he did it in sort of like this cold, detached way and didn't warn anybody. He just sort of, basically, there's like three people in a, there's four people in a room and two dead zombies. And he just like starts unloading a forty-five into their head, you know, with no warning um, and then, you know, obviously that was not a good sign. And so they're driving down the road and, um, she starts coughing, Becca. she starts coughing and, and he again reacts in a very reasonable way. He's like, are you sick? Are you feeling okay? And they're like, Hey, calm down. And he's like, don't lose your head. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means don't lose your head. What does that mean? He gets all fucking angry, but it's like totally reasonable. Totally yeah. reasonable. She's coughing. There's like zombies. There's zombies, guys. <laughs> um, I thought that was done really well. That was one thing that I that I liked about it in that like short little stint, where like they questioned, is is the deputy, you know, is he infected? Is Becca infected? There's even like a bit where like is Timothy Oliphant's character infected? Where, yeah. Like he's also kind of acting a little irrationally. Yeah. Um. I thought they did a really good job of not confirming anything, but like making you suspicious of the whole cast. Yeah, what was that? It was it, there was a scene close to this one, if it wasn't this one exactly, where his wife was like saying, "Just take a road to such and such," and he's like, "Where? Where? Where the fuck is this magical road to Cedar Rapids, wherever the fuck you're telling me to yep. go?" And and then she's like, "I'm just trying to help," and he's like, "You're right. I apologize," and it's like. That, that is, like, that scene is injected to be like, oh, shit, is he infected? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. is he infected or is he just letting all of this get to him a right. little bit? which is total, right. also totally reasonable, Absolutely right? valid. <laughs> I would be, fr- I have freaked out in the car when there are not zombies around, you know? I mean, I haven't. It's basically my freakouts in the car have been limited exclusively to when zombies have been around. That's fair. Um, That's but, fair. But, you know, I've had more practice at this than you, so I, yeah. I, I don't blame you. Um, we don't have zombies in the Northwest. So. N- no, 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 no. I mean, this it's pretty much a Midwest thing. I mean, this movie took place in Iowa. Right. So, I mean, this is pretty much a Midwest. Corn and zombies. Prob- corn and zombies. And exactly. Fago. Corn and zombies in Fago. In that order. Uh, cor- corn and zombies is also a... I mean, I feel like if Slipknot, coming from Des Moines... <laughs> if, if Slipknot did not name themselves Slipknot, I it feel like corn it would have been Corn and Zombies. Now, is that Corn and Zombies? Or, hear me out, Cornin, like Corn dash N, like you're Corning Zombies. Wh- like I'm Corning these Zombies. I'm, I'm Corning Zombies. Like Cornhole? I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. Corn? Right, right in the Z-hole. Cornin? I, I never fucked a zombie. I don't know. Can you get the zombie virus by having sex with a zombie? I'm just saying, like, if you're corn in something, like, that sounds a bit provocative. It's a little dirty. 
I mean, their first big hit was called Wait and Bleed, so it's very possible that they were like, okay, I just corned some zombies, yep. mm-hmm. and I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting to see if I got the, if I got the virus, yeah. it's, but it's a pretty sticky. I got the Z. I got the Z. Got the big Z. Um, okay, so. Got a little far afield there. Boom, boom, but we're, boom. we're circling back. Uh, so they're driving down the road. And, I'm circling back. Uh, they see what is very clearly an attack helicopter. Yeah. Fly over. And they're still driving. And it starts to circle back. And they are like, fuck. They have that, oh shit moment. Yeah. We need a car wash. They basically pull off into a car wash. And um, park the car, kill the engine, stay quiet. Yeah. Very effective Believe scene. it or not, not the best idea. No. No. What happens? Well, they end up getting a car wash. The uh, zombies happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so somehow they get locked into the car wash track. Um, and as they're kind of moving through it, it, you know, it gets turned on or whatever. And you start seeing like like silhouettes. Silhouettes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, actually really cool. It was a like, good, it was well done It's thing. so creative. Like the, the, like... Literally, like, your windows are soaping up, and you're, just as they're soaping up, you're starting to see, like, bodies, like, around the car. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. Yeah. That's it, a really creative way. There was a great moment in that scene, too, because the deputy starts opening fire just randomly out the window. And, Again, a reasonable approach. And, and David goes, what are you doing? And he goes, I saw movement. And he goes, we're in a car wash. Everything's fucking moving. <laughs> That's true too. That's true too. Um, okay, so they're they're being attacked by the car wash, the car workers. wash crazies. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, the car will not start. Nope. Nope. Uh, but they're continuing down the track because they're kind of being pushed along. Yep. Yep. Then out of nowhere, back window gets smashed in. Like the front window gets like pulled off. Like it's it's a whole. There's like thing. three or four zombies coming at him at once, yeah. and he ends up getting Lassoing her neck. Yeah, he ends up getting the car started and fucking floors it out of there. And meanwhile, the zombie that had ripped off the back window takes one of the sort of random hoses that are feeding you know the car wash and wraps it around. Is it Becca? Becca. Or or Tessa or Jenna, Jenna or uh, any of number Samantha. of a fucking insert white girl name here, <laughs> um, and wraps it around her neck, and she basically gets yanked out of the back of the car Yeet. and gets fucking her neck snapped. Which objectively kindest death the in the movie, best way to go. I mean, I that's yeah. Let's give it. Let's give that an eight out of ten on like how I'd want to go in this millisecond of fear, scenario. millisecond of pain, and darkness. Like, yep. Yeah. Uh, so. so she is. They all get out of the car because she got fucking ripped out of the car, and they hoist uh, her down. They kill the zombies, and they're basically like tending to her to make sure she's okay, which she is not. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the car is basically just inching along out of the car wash. And then a fucking, like, I don't know what the fuck it was. Like a tomahawk tomahawk fucking comes in and just annihilates the car. Uh, So they are without transportation. (laughs) And then the deputy just starts laughing and then just walks away. Which is, again, designed to illustrate that his character is starting to... Become a little unhinged. A little faded, right? Yeah, but, but at that point, too, Again, like... it's kind of fucking... Like, if you don't laugh, you cry. Yep. We just had fucking wheels, and they got blown up by a goddamn we, we, missile. We fought, bled, killed, and hiked, hid, and kidnapped... And died. And died, 
on our way to get this car. And it got blown up. Moments later. Yeah. yeah. Which, it's good that we were not in it. But yeah. at the same time, like, the fuck? Yep, yep. Can't um, catch a fucking break. So they they decide they're headed to... They're headed to a town or the head of the truck stop? They're headed to the truck stop because yeah. they think that it's either a place that is far enough removed... It's beyond the roadblock. That Yeah, it's beyond the roadblock, so it might not be affected, or it might have wheels to get them to Cedar Rapids. Right, right. Uh, okay, so they're yeah, I mean, foot. let's just be honest. You know you're in trouble when your salvation is Cedar Rapids, yep. Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's... We know... That you've got a problem if that's where you're you're excited to go. We are in big trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad now that I said that because our Cedar Rapids listeners are going to dry up and our fan is going to be upset. Yeah. Um, we can afford it. Sorry, Dave. Uh, oh, poor Dave. Uh, okay, so Mark's over here doing coke. Uh, <laughs> Sharing is caring, buddy. Um, so they're walking down the road and they see a couple of vehicles. They actually see the vehicle that... Uh, the deputy said several times already that the government like spiked his tires. He was actually on his way out of town to go and talk to somebody, and they spiked his tires, and that's how he got sort of abducted and rounded up. Yeah, the rest of the town got got rounded up, and so they find his vehicle and another vehicle abandoned, and they're kind of searching them for supplies and shit like that. And off in the distance, they see a black SUV just barreling towards them yeah yeah so timothy's character you know his plan is to try to hijack this vehicle they're gonna gonna utilize it and so he's kind of standing there with his with his gun pointed at the driver just kind of hoping i guess that they're gonna stop and they can somehow commandeer the vehicle and excuse me carjacking is a crime yeah right supposed to be a police officer upholding the law thanks dad yeah thanks dad mom sister aunt nana cousin grandmother Nana, I'm sorry. Steven, I'm sorry. what? He said Nana, I said grandmother. I fucked up. Oh, I fucked up, guys. Okay. <laughs> I fucked up. I fucked up. Uh, so the deputy comes out of nowhere and throws out some spikes. Sorry, I'm still on the... I fucked up, guys. Uh, the, the SUV flips like a little... Like- Six or seven times. Yeah. Um, they just want to make... The director wanted to make sure you knew that that vehicle was done. Yep. So. Incapacitado. Um, yeah. Um, he also, like, when he threw out that, that spike strip, like, he was jazzed. He was grinning. He was... I mean, it literally was... He was excited about it, um, which, again, is kind of supposed to illustrate that, like, this dude is not in his right mind. No. Because you need a functioning vehicle to do what you're trying to do and the dude just i'm angry because they spiked my tires and he so goes, i'm gonna spike their tires throws out nah. this thing and you know the goddamn car flips like mark said like 12 times seven, <laughs> 17 times yeah 11 times more times than you'd expect more times than one okay between one and a hundred uh the driver is alive just long enough to provide some exposition and then the deputy, the deputy shoots puts him. one well, in his brain yeah so basically the deputy's coming up and he's gonna shoot the guy and timothy oliphant's like no i want to talk to him so he pulls him out and he's like what the fuck is going on and, of course, the guy doesn't say anything, smacks him around a little bit, and he's like, yeah, basically, it was a biological weapon that we designed that was on its way to an incinerator in Texas, and the plane went down, and now it got into your water supply, and it was designed to destabilize the population, and here we are. 
Yeah. Designed to destabilize the population, obviously not this one. Yeah. And mm. right before he bites it, he says, so we lost a plane. What do you want me to do about it? I fucking... That is so... <laughs> it's such a good... Like, it's such a good line. Oh. Like, in in the, like, hey... It was a mistake, guys. Okay, a couple thousand people died. Big like, whoop. You want to fight about whoop. it? Big um, uh, No, but the exposition around this, like a little aside here, if not directly inspired by, completely mimics the idea of, uh, are you guys familiar with Operation Chrome Dome? No. So this was uh, an operation undertaken by the U.S. government during the Cold War that basically uh, mandated, especially at the height of the Cold War, that there were always two planes in the air carrying nuclear weapons at all times. So basically they had a fleet of planes that were carrying nukes and they would basically just fly around the world aimlessly and basically when they had to land two more took off and i makes sense i don't have to tell you that like just having planes in the air indefinitely will eventually lead to like planes having problems and things going wrong and so there were actually like a a lot of instances like not a lot in the like objective sense but a lot in the like it happened more than once. Nuclear sense, right? Like, y- you've seen that meme where it's like, is four a lot? And it's like, well, it depends on what you're talking about. Dollars? No. Deaths? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, is four a lot? It depends on what you're talking about. Dollars? No. Lost nukes? Yes. Yeah. So that happened a number of times. The U.S. government lost nuclear weapons mm-hmm. basically because they had this program where there were always two planes in the air carrying a nuclear payload. I'm not going to say it was poorly thought out, but it was poorly thought out. <laughs> I'm not going to say the thing, but that's definitely the thing. Um, there's still a nuke off the Carolina coast that has not been recovered, and I'm not even close to joking about that. Um, so uh, back to my original statement, if this was not directly inspired by that idea, right? A plane is in the air carrying something exceedingly dangerous, and it goes down. What the fuck do you do, right? If it's not inspired by that, it's a massive coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there is this biological weapon that should never have been fucking engineered in the first place, and they decide to put it on a fucking plane, and it crashes in the middle of Bumfucksville and causes this, like, heinous catastrophe. Ogden and Marsh. you just have some goddamn pencil-pushing, you know, asshole who's sitting there going, we lost a plane, what do you want me to do about it? And it's like... Oh, you know what I want to do about it? I want to wring your fucking neck is what I want to do about it. (laughs) We dropped a plane. You you act like it's the first time we've dropped a plane with a biological contagion (laughs) that was designed to destabilize a population. Grow up, Cindy. Grow up. God. This is like... This is like the 50th time this has happened. Like, this is so not a big deal. This is so 1950s. Uh. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, so. I, I thought that was like a, a fascinating little aside that I wanted to work in at some point. But you were saying, so he's he's um, having a cordial conversation with the gentleman from the government. Yes, yes. Uh, dude dies? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, deputy can't... His head uh, exploded. Why? It just kind of like popped. It was an accident. It fell down an elevator shaft. Onto some bullets. Yep. Um, okay, so at this point, they now realize that the deputy cannot be trusted. They take his gun away from him. Uh, he doesn't like that so much. He didn't respond well. Not his favorite thing. Yeah. Um, in short order, he ends up getting the guns 
and is walking them. They didn't take his sidearm. They took his rifle. And then they turned their back on him. Which, again, so this is going to be something that I like and don't like about this movie. And I'm going to bring this up later. But, like... One thing I liked, as I mentioned, is that it proceeds so organically and people make good decisions and they're smart. And then, like, later in the movie, the decisions begin to drop off in their, like... Believability. Believability and good sense. Yeah. And this is one of them. They basically, like, he goes into the car to search for shit and he leaves his rifle outside and they take his rifle, but he's still got a sidearm. And then he goes to the road where they're waiting for him and he's like uh let me carry my rifle and they're like oh no you've been carrying it long enough i'll carry it for you so obvious what the fuck they're doing and then they turn their back on him and decide to walk down the road what the fuck do you think he's gonna do he pulls his gun on them and says like give me the fucking guns takes timothy oliphant's sidearm and is basically leading them forward like prisoners right Mm -hmm. you know marches them forward he's supposed to be the crazy one yet he's you know walking them in a much 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 better method method um <laughs> right though like no no you're right you're like, right he's the one wh- and it, he's the one who's supposed to be like suffering from like mental problems <laughs> and he definitely slowly, somehow got the jump on them slowly degrading and he tricked them into getting all the guns and walking in front of him yeah <laughs> Yep. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, so they make it to the checkpoint on foot. And at one during this walk, Timothy Oliphant uh, manages to talk him down oh, just yeah. long Good enough to lower the gun, gets the drop on him, and that's when they realize, oh, this dude's sick because he's starting to bleed from his nose and his mouth. And so they take all the guns away from him and he's like hey is it cool if i walk with you guys for a bit yeah he he acknowledges that he is not long for this he's world. figured it out and the answer to that question is no what they did is not that <laughs> okay i'm gonna jump ahead just a little bit and say like the deputy is my absolute favorite character in this movie i would agree he is so fucking awesome you could not imagine you couldn't engineer a fucking better wingman i mean not only does he, like, do good things, but he doesn't do dumb things. Right. And I feel like the deputy, the second-in-command, is always responsible for some fuck-up in, like, every movie. And he doesn't. He he saves Timothy Oliphant three fucking times. Yep. From he, certain death. From certain death. Even after this dude knows he's infected, mm-hmm. he still doesn't kill them. I shouldn't say he knows he's infected at that point, but he is clearly suffering from some shit and still manages to rein himself in and doesn't kill them. And then when Timothy Oliphant finally, like, fucking wrestles the gun from him, he's laying there and he's cogent enough to say, like, I I ain't right, am I? And he recognizes it. And, you know, he doesn't want to die at that moment. He says, like, can I please walk with you? Like, he's so fucking, like, aware of himself in the situation. And he knows at that point that if he goes too far off the deep end that he'll be put down. Um, Kinda, yeah. Like, he knows. He knows. But I feel like, you know, the the way a lot of the other characters were acting at that sort of same stage of infection... They were not as cogent as Exactly. The fact that he's still fucking, like... You know, boxing in, like, an even quasi, like, uh, uh, salient realm and self-aware realm suggests that, like, his standard capacity for those things was, like, you know, out the window. That dude was really fucking smart, capable, and the most instrumental character in this movie by far. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I think we can kind of pick up the pace a little bit here. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, they hit a checkpoint. The, the deputy ends up sacrificing himself to get them through that scene. They end up at the truck stop that they've been looking for. They end up running back into Duck Dynasty. They, they find more than, uh, uh, you know, shitty burgers and, and hot dogs on hot rollers. Yeah, the vehicles yeah. that they were using to round up the sick people are parked there with all the burned corpses inside them and piles of shells everywhere. So that's your first sign that maybe shit's not okay anymore. And then they, uh, they run into the hillbillies that were rounding up people and suddenly shit goes... All kinds of sideways. Yeah, these, um, these hills have eyes. Yeah. Um, we sort of suggested earlier that Duck Dynasty had like a kind of cannibal vibes. Mm-hmm. It's just um, people in in the freezer. Yeah. I feel like the fact that they were like... On co- meat hooks. Collecting people and putting them in a an industrial freezer on meat hooks and on shelves suggests that... Yeah, the, the, they the intention them. was to munch, yeah. munch on these people. But that's as far as they took it. Yep. Like, they took it right to the line, and then they were like, we'll let people decide. Well, the skillet was heating up. Was it? Yeah, no, they were. They preheated the oven. The skillet was, like, on. It had the oil, but they had not quite started carving up uh, the populace and throwing them in there. Could have been some, like, Kraft mac and cheese. Yeah. Perhaps. Blue box. Um, okay, so you know, I think we need to necessarily belabor it any longer. Like, sets they, dude on fire in the engine bay. Yeah, they, they oh, get out of there. One sort of like interesting bit about that that I noticed. So like this was like in the fight with Duck Dynasty, they're gonna steal an eighteen wheeler or just the just the actual like just the tip. Just the t- <laughs> it's funny because with you know that's like a penis thing. She's pregnant. Um, get it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they're gonna steal this big rig and it's getting serviced and it's. <laughs> Um, but it's got the, what do you even call that? It's like the kind of carve out right in the floor where the, the changing ve- oil. Yeah, yeah, the vehicle can just sort of roll over it and you can I do, think they just call it things the pit. like, <laughs> sure. Uh, you can do things like change the oil and shit, but it was interesting. I got my oil changed at a place with a, a, a buddy of mine who's from Ireland and he said that those things where you like drive over and they, they service the car from underneath, um, are like super duper illegal in Europe for the very reason that we saw in this movie. Um, Because if a fire starts down there, which is very possible because you're literally draining flammable fluids from a vehicle constantly, there's not an easily accessible or appropriate escape route. There's no so fire. So you're yeah. literally in the bottom of a fucking fire pit. Yep. There's no fire escape. No. And so I just found that fascinating that like these things are still commonplace like all over the US. I mean it makes and sense. I, I understand them like they're, they're so fucking convenient and you don't have the risk of like a hydraulic jack giving out right and like coming down on you. But at the same time if a fire starts like you are Mm -hmm. I just thought that was like a fascinating tidbit to sort of toss in. Uh, Okay, steal the truck. They're going down the road. Military nukes the city. Yeah, there's a countdown over the radio, and she's watching out the back glass, and they watch the nuke go off and, you know, just blows the truck off the highway, and suddenly they're back on foot. Somehow they can still see, even though they're only 20 miles away from a a nuclear bomb that they watched. Literally, literally have that as one of my, like, things I did not like is Uh, they would be so fucking blind. I'm pretty sure they could still watch it with their eyes closed. Like, yes, right through their eyes. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So the movie closes with them walking towards Cedar Rapids and there's a satellite image 
uh, zoomed in on them walking through this field, and it zooms out, and then it says initiate containment protocol, and then fades to black. Yep. So you know it's going to happen again. Yep. Because the containment protocol worked so well the first time. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like that was like a pretty solid overview of the movie. I liked walking back through it. Yeah. I really did. I thought that was good. Uh, what did we like about this movie? I I enjoyed that it was a unique twist on the zombie genre. You know, I, I always like it when there's something different, you know, because it, it's such a well-trodden path. I'm going to push back slightly on that. Fight me. <laughs> Do I mean? Do you feel like it was like particularly unique? I do. I, 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 so I feel like the zombie genre broadly breaks down into two categories, and that's undead, like coming out of a grave type zombies, and infectious zombies. Yep, undead versus outbreak. Yeah, I yeah. feel like this this movie fell very squarely within the outbreak category, and I think there were like a handful of maybe like exceptions to that rule, but I don't know if I would say it was unique enough to call out the fact that it was unusual. Well, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say unusual. Okay, but I I would say that it is it's it's a unique spin and it's executed well enough that I feel like it it stands on its own. So traditionally in an outbreak zombie film, you have mindless rage monster killing machines that, you know, their brain stem has been destroyed or their brain has just melted and they are just acting on basic instinct and basic impulse. They see a living thing, they kill it. You know, They're acting blah, blah, blah. only on that Michael Douglas film with Glenn Close. That's right. it. Yeah. Yeah. In this one, there's no running. There's no chasing, screaming. There's no clawing at windows or trying to climb up walls or like we saw in World War Z, just piles and piles and piles of super fast zombies. They are methodical. They are conversational. I do like the mm -hmm. fact that it progresses slowly. Yeah. In that the disease progresses like, it's not like one second you're not a zombie and the next you are a zombie. It does like, okay, you go through this phase of like, I'm just sitting here staring or, like, I'm repeating myself. Or, like, I'm getting angry for no reason. And then it sort of advances to, like, you know, I'm killing people. Yep. And it's like, now I'm fucking, you know, you know. I, I, I get that. I get that. I don't think it's totally, like, novel. Well, like, But I, many, I do appreciate it. How many that. zombie movies are there where the zombies actually, like, work together? And not in like a in like a plague sense where they're just kind of acting as one organism. They're just like ignoring each other, but yeah. they're actually like coordinating. I guess that's I guess that's true. I mean, even yeah. like twenty eight days later, which is like what I think the maybe... greatest zombie movie of all time. Yes. Yep. Yeah, or at least the greatest infectious zombie movie of all time. I don't know yes. if I'm ready to like fully endorse it. I go there, but I I get yeah. the fact that you hesitate towards greatest infectious zombie movie. Right. I, um, I get that. But even then, like they're effectively mindless. Mm -hmm. It's definitely fast acting. This is the only like zombie-esque movie that I think I've seen where they are planning and coordinating and conversing outside of like demonic zombies, which is like its own spin. Yeah. You know, whereas like a like, yeah, like Evil Dead weird, where they're That's taunting. kind of a weird, I think, I feel like that's a weird subcategory of the undead zombie. Yeah. Is the yeah. demonic zombie. Yep. But the fact that like we're just like there's so many like subcategories within the genre means mm -hmm. it's it's very worn out and i felt like this was still entertaining i would say it definitely I it, it, it didn't feel i i think stale yeah like i i yes exactly i feel like your argument is very convincing in the sense that like 
It does not feel trite. It doesn't feel exhausted. It doesn't feel stale. Nuance. And the fact that, like, a zombie movie can still feel like that is a good thing. Yeah. Right? I, like, it must have at least explored some new territories. Otherwise, you wouldn't feel like that. Right? Yeah. You wouldn't feel like it's still engaging, under, it's, you know, it's, and fun. It's a nuanced perspective of a classic category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the, that, the, I, I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the quippiness. Of, of Timothy Oliphant. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the dialogue in this movie. <laughs> there were a lot of fucking great one-liners. Uh, I love that fucking intro. Yeah. I thought that, okay, we're just gonna fucking, like, everything is burning. We're and gonna then, drop you in it and then reel you back. Yeah, then we're gonna reel you back, and then we're gonna fucking hit the gas. Yep. I fucking love that. And then they, they revisit it, too. Yeah. You know? Right at yeah. the end that you see, it's like, oh, shit. It's definitely, like, cheesy but lovable in, like, sort of a Americana kind of way, right? Like, mm-hmm. the beginning... Even though it hits the gas, that two and a half minutes before the fucking zombie shit hits, they definitely punch that Hallmark style movie bullshit that makes it seem, you know, believable, believable and wholesome. I guess is the what I'm, you know, they you feel like you're destroying something, yeah. Which I feel like is so fucked up, but if it's important for a horror movie, you need to develop something to destroy, and the world is fucking horrible and heinous, and like you can't show any of that in a horror movie because it doesn't make you empathize with the thing that is getting destroyed if the thing is already shit. Right. Does that make sense? Like, you can't show the horrors of the world before a horror thing destroys it. And I feel like they, they did an amazing job at distilling a wholesome sort of bumfucksville town that's happy, wholesome, and like, oh, come on, you're dating Scotty, and, you know, Sc- mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's the worst-kept secret in town, and brr, 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 and all yeah, that stupid Scotty bullshit. Doesn't know. But it's But it's like, that's what you want, right? You yeah. want that stupid bullshit. They, they stitch together enough layers that yes. it feels real. Exactly. Um, I really loved that almost the entire movie was practical effects. Yeah. Like, this movie needed very little to no CGI. I think the only situation where I was able to really see CGI was the nuke and when the dude was on fire in the uh, repair bay. Do you? I actually thought that looked really good. I mean, it looked great but it was but i don't believe they set a man on fire okay i got you um so i thought i thought that was fantastic like all of the zombies had like the latex and yeah the the perfect face paint and like the makeup was done really well the weapons were all realistic yeah yeah i thought it was great uh, I thought some of the directing was outstanding. So, like, the scene in particular that I'm thinking of is when Timothy Oliphant's wife, the doctor, is getting wheeled in on the stretcher. She's getting, like, basically pushed on this gurney on the stretcher. And she's looking up at this, you know, fully sort of hazmat-style soldier who's got a, this big gas mask on and shit and is pushing her. And he's, like, looking down at her, and the scene is basically, from her perspective, looking up at the soldier and seeing her reflection of just, like, pain and anguish in these sort of, like, dead gas mask eyes. And it just, it was extremely well shot. Yeah. I, I just remember, like, looking at the scene, it's like, I, I don't want to call it beautiful. That's like, like a fucked up way of describing the scene, but it, it works. It works. It's so creative. It's such a an amazingly interesting way of of doing this thing even though i'm not totally convinced that the the whole satellite imagery thing worked if it pulled me out maybe a little bit too much but i will give it props for creativity 
and for like an amazing way at delivering exposition that would have otherwise felt probably forced Mm -hmm. you know um also i felt like a lot of the dialogue was kind of real right like one of my quotes i'm gonna get a little ahead of ourselves but like one of my quotes was like timothy oliphant says to his wife are you okay and she goes not really (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like yes that's right you're not okay you're living in the middle of a fucking zombie apocalypse right um, and I think I already kind of mentioned it before, but like the scenes where the the scene plays out where you're you're questioning the sanity of our main characters, um, like in the car. I, we already talked about it, but we're again you're just questioning whether is is the sheriff infected, is the deputy infected, is Becca infected. You know, I think that they did a really good job in a short span of time of like making sure that you weren't comfortable pinning your expectations onto any of the main characters. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I appreciated that too. Can we move on to things maybe we didn't, or was there any anything else that we wanted to jump out? Not really. Things I did not like. So again, like I said, the the I felt like the beginning of the movie was sort of punctuated by like amazingly like prescient and reasonable deci- decisions by the main characters. The latter part of the movie I feel like was punctuated by the exact opposite, splitting up constantly, mm-hmm. which is so fucking dumb in a situation like this. Like, at one point, she literally, when they made it to the truck stop, she literally says to him, like, after they decide they're gonna, you know, make a run for it, are you gonna go get the truck? Why the fuck is he going to get the truck alone by himself? That's so dumb. Why would you do that? Well, she sits there and does nothing, and he's, like, grabbing supplies. She's literally sitting there. Yeah. Like, at a a fucking, the table at the diner. And it doesn't fit her character either. No, no. she's very self-sufficient. She's very, like... Prepared. Yeah. It was definitely contrived. You know, they they needed them to be separate. They needed the plot to to be facilitated. And then she, like, runs into the fucking, like, meat freezer. And she's just, like, staring at the people out of the fucking thing. And it's like, they're going to notice you. They're going to notice you. And then guess what? They noticed her. Dude, mm-hmm. that whole time I'm like, get the fuck up off your knees. Yes. Like she's behind the counter. She's in the meat. Like, get off the floor. Yeah. yeah. Get off the floor. Stand up. You cannot run. <laughs> you. There are things you can do to fight. None of them can be done from your knees. No. no. Fuck. Um, and then, yeah, also sort of in that vein and in that scene as well, the, the shrieking. Like, I feel like she was such a controlled character in the beginning of the movie. But, the, like, when they opened the door to the big rig and the driver falls out dead, she, like, shrieks. And it's like, are How you... How did you not expect that? Yeah, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're literally running from somebody. I get the guy, you know, like, shrieking doesn't help you. Like, in any sense of the word. Like, screaming in that situation doesn't help you drives me fucking nuts and it's like if you want to make the argument it's like oh well people can't control what they do in those situations yeah but like you become desensitized that but also like nobody can control so like why is it always like the fucking why is it always the female yeah why is the what you know why is the woman who went through medical school who's seen like horrors you know dissected corpses and shit why is she the one shrieking like Timothy Oliphant could equally be shrieking. Yeah. Um, he could have just opened fire on that body as a panic response. Right. That would have been as valid as her shrieking. Sure. And it still would have been fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, while they didn't really work into the movie as like, that was the thing that alerted Duck Dynasty to come and fucking try and kill them. It's still like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. why are you shrieking? And then the other thing, you know, we've already mentioned was you would be instantly fucking blind if you like 
looked at a nuclear explosion like yep. ten, 10 miles behind you. And the thing is, like, they're driving away in this big rig, and there's a goddamn, like, on the radio, they're, like, doing a countdown. You're just like, what happens when they get to zero? And it's like, what the fuck? What do you, do you think what happens? What the fuck do you think is going to happen? And then she, like, they're, like, looking out the back window. She's literally, like, in the cab, turned around, looking at the back window, and I'm like, what, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think? Exactly, what was it? What's the top three things you think could possibly be what's happening right now? What's the best case scenario? Yeah, here? and it's like if anywhere on the, your list of top three, top five, top ten is like nuclear explosion, maybe you shouldn't be fucking looking out the like, back window. At best, they carpet bomb with like F twenty two or something. But <laughs> yeah. to be um, fair, though, of the time, I don't think that we collectively as a society, like I remember when I first saw this, that didn't jump out at me as being like that's silly. I just got like, accepted it and moved on. Really? Okay. And then, like when I saw it Interesting. in the theater, you know. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, also, and for whatever reason, it bothered me that like the shockwave had enough force to pick up a semi. Oh yeah. But not enough to shatter its windows. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I, all right. I'll, it I'll shattered you the there, back yeah. glass, but it didn't shatter anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think another it, fucking reason to not be looking out the back window. Yeah. Perhaps. Right. Um, so yeah, I think I think my major gripe with the movie would basically be like, as much as I love the very reasoned and appropriate decisions and responses in the beginning of the movie, I felt like the end of the movie was punctuated by poor decisions uh, and sort of like unreasonable responses. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that does not or wholly ruin my perception of this movie. Yeah, all of my negatives are nitpicks in that, like, you're going into this looking for a zombie-esque movie. You can't be worried about these things. Like, just I, yeah, accept it. Agreed. So I would say I would say it definitely comes out way ahead of most zombie movies in terms of, like, reasonable decisions. I will say my only gripe that hasn't already been mentioned is the score was immediately forgettable. Oh, yeah. I feel like in some ways, though, like, I think we've discussed this before, is, like, that's kind of a good thing. Yeah. Right? If you don't remember the score, it did its job. Right. If you remember it, it's either because it was amazing... Or distracting. Or fucking terrible and distracting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was I was thinking about it as we were, like, getting ready to wrap this movie and, like, recap, and I was like, I don't remember the music at all. I don't remember the score at all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was completely forgettable from the moment we saw the credits. Which, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, are we ready to move on to quotes? I am. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, I'll start us off. I've got two of them. Uh, both of these. I think it's this, this first one is like in the in the beginning. The second one is kind of a mid-quote. Mid but um, this is Timothy Oliphant's character. I think he's talking to the sheriff. It's after Wait, they... he is the sheriff. Oh, yeah, he's talking to the deputy. Deputy, got it. Same, none of this matters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, one of them got shot. One of them didn't get shot. Well, okay, okay. Admittedly, That's I I shot the sheriff, but you didn't shoot. the I deputy. did not shoot the deputy. <laughs> okay. Uh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> um, after they put together that this came from a military aircraft and it is spreading throughout the community, now none of our phones work. The internet doesn't work. You know, he he turns to the deputy and you know he says, you know what, we're in trouble. You know, he like kind of puts together that like, okay. So we're we're penned in here. I got a I got a bad feeling about this, which I fucking love. Like it, that, I feel like it happens in the beginning of the film, and it plays that sort of like these characters are very aware. They know how mm. fucking bad there this is, is outside interference, and they don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, and they, and they're not just like oh the throne knives are down. They're like 
somebody is fucking cutting off our access to the outside world and this is fucking bad. Yeah. You don't have that classic, I don't have a signal. Do you have a signal? No, I've got nothing. And then there's that one guy that's like, I have no bars. No, no it was no. like, it was just immediate. Like, you know what? We uh, were in trouble. Yep. You know? uh, my second quote, again, kind of a midpoint. This is after they've been rounded up and they're at the processing center. He's talking to just one of the other townspeople. And the, the other guy is encouraging the sheriff to just get the fuck out of there. You know, like, don't don't try to be a hero. Just run. And Timothy's character kind of says to the other guy, don't ask me why I can't leave without my wife. And I won't ask you why you can. You know. Brutal. Just, you know. Right in the gut. No, I can't leave. I need to go rescue my wife. What the... Why Why aren't you doing the same thing? Yeah. Your wife is in the same spot mine is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I do, like... That's fucking... It's such a brutal line. But at the same time, like, that guy is literally talking about people, like being killed, being shot down because they were trying to do something, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, in some respects, I do kind of see that guy's point of like, how much help are you going to be to your wife if you just try to run in there and they fucking gun you down and now you're dead? And for all you guys know, for all the shit that's going on, maybe they've got a vaccine for this shit. Or maybe she'll be fine at some point. Like, you know, like, maybe it's not the best idea to go charging in, you know, guns, guns blazing and get gunned down, and then now you're dead and you are no help to anybody. Right. Um, now it turns out Timothy Oliphant was obviously correct in that situation. Yes. And <laughs> yes. Uh, the other guy got fucking gunned down and torched, but... Timothy Oliphant was, was, uh, but I, I don't was think, lucky. I don't think that guy's opinion was, like, completely unreasonable. But Timothy Oliphant's from uh, his quote was devastating. It, from his perspective, it made sense. From Timothy's perspective, it made sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, so one of mine was in the very beginning of the movie when they're watching the baseball game. Uh, Scotty, who later gets shot with his mom, we described that. The sheriff and the deputy are watching the baseball game, and the deputy watches Scotty pitch, and he goes, Oof, that kid throws fast. <laughs> and the sheriff goes, yeah, just like he drives. <laughs> just a great little like just little throwaway line yep yeah a little quip uh and then similarly earlier in the movie we mentioned that like he's trying to get his wife to go to her sister's house to get the fuck out of town and he says you got to get out of here and she's like i'm not leaving are you leaving and he goes i'm the sheriff and he goes well i'm their doctor and he goes yeah well if it turns out what they need is a shot of penicillin i'll give you a call yeah <laughs> fucking awesome brutal delivered beautifully. fucking awesome Ugh. Because at this point, you know something really fucky is going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I have three. The first one is when they're when they're in the swamp and they discover the pilot's body. The sheriff gets called in. They bring the coroner. They're checking the the place out, and the coroner goes, "You want I should check for ID?" And Timothy Olyphant just looks at him dead in the eyes and goes, "Yeah, do that." <laughs> Later, they're uh, they're in the truck going away from the swamp and the deputy Russell he goes you know I think Miller said something about you know her love bang in a a plane crash but I didn't think anything of it and Oliphant without missing a beat goes on account of him being full of shit and Russell says yeah as a general rule (laughs) oh man it's good dialogue it is and, uh, Very quippy. My last one, Timothy's character is describing this car that he has that's up on blocks in his barn. And Russell's like, you still have that thing? He says, yeah. Well, guess you can't boot a car without wheels. <laughs> Most of our quotes are from Timothy Alphon. Yeah. 
But he, he delivers so them with, like, the same kind of cold intelligence. Yeah. That I feel like is the hallmark of, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of somebody else. Like, he's like the Hannibal Lecter of quips. Like, it's this, this cold, detached delivery, but it's so fucking funny because, like, he knows that he's right. Yep. If that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, are we ready to to rate this? Let's rate this. We learn. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm gonna start us off because I've already got it queued up. All right. I'm gonna go seven point four. Whoa. Yeah. It's pretty high for a horror. Yeah. I I think it was was well made. Uh, empty main streets. Mm. Oh shit. Took me a minute to come up with that. Okay. I gotcha. I think I'm gonna go five point nine. Okay. Pitchforks. Mm. Oh, see, I was. Mm -hmm. Did I steal that? Kind of. I'll think of another one, and then I'll tell you my original thought. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this a 6.6 Apache helicopter bombings. Oh, okay, okay, okay. My original idea was Pitchfork Stabbings, which, fun fact, is a band name. Pitchfork Stabbings? Yep. Like, it's an actual band name. Yeah. So an actual band name? or No, no, no. Like Oh, like, like our band name. Like our band name. Pitchfork stabbing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember when we, when we talked about that. All right, so let's. Uh, Are we gonna see it? I feel like we did a harmony last time. Should we do a harmony this time? Yeah, we could do that. Over. Scene score. Scene score. Scene score. Fuck, that was really nice. That was tight. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it is time for the scene score with. Everything that we gave it, our average rating was 6.63, and our scene score adjusted how much you guys have seen it, uh, which is not much. Only 1 out of 10. Yep. Familiar with this movie. Uh, 7.8 is our scene score today. 7.79, 7.8 with, uh, you know, a little bit of fuzz yeah. in there. Some points... That feels pretty good that's punchy that that's yeah. punchy i think that's right though right like i don't think it punches like a 7.8 objectively but i feel like for the number of people who've seen this movie i mean fucking as far as familiarity is concerned one out of ten is not good oh shit more never, people need to see this we never even like explicitly covered this uh, colin and i have seen this this is jackson's yeah cherry. i had never seen this one. Oh, we didn't cover cherries yeah it's a little pop you know he's a little pop I don't know if you heard it. I'm familiar through. with it. I know the movie exists, and I saw like the cover art of the the movie, but I never actually got to see it. And I always wanted to, but it was one of those movies that like sort of faded into the back of my mind. Kind of forgot that it was there, which is literally the whole point of us doing this is watching those movies. Yeah, no, I think I think honestly that's like. The reason we don't have zero out of ten on our familiarity score, I think one person was like, "Yeah, I've heard of this, but I have not seen it." Right. Um. Okay. Is that are we Laura Dern? I think we're Laura Dern. Well, that's all for the old crap review. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any ideas for movie reviews, please email us at three. That is the number three. Men in a basement at gmail.com. Uh, please be sure to check out Booger Children. They they just dropped their single Rehydrated. Yeah. And they are next level they are um, they are insane they're filming right now partially hydrogenated booger children which is their their big breakout movie i'm super stoked for that one and we've got corn and zombies also is, is opening for them mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as well as pitchfork stabbing if you would like to contribute to the scene score in future episodes please reach out to us at three men in a basement at gmail.com uh, alternatively our website has everything that you need to contribute to the scene score and say Check hey out. get on our mailing list and, yeah. and we'll we'll send you a weekly ish 
survey of your familiarity with upcoming movies. Gives you a little sneak peek of what yeah. we're going to cover. Also, like, you know, if you send us an email, there's a chance that we might call you out by name. I'm not going to guarantee it. I'm just saying you increase the likelihood of us doing that. Right. So, like, hypothetically, if somebody named Raphael emailed us and suggested that for Black History Month we cover Pootie Tang mm, mm-hmm. and or Undercover Brother, mm. I would call him out by name Yeah, if his name were Raphael. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Right. That suggestion, unfortunately, came in a little too late. Uh, we had a little hiccup in our schedule, as you might already know. So, sorry to Raphael. Uh, Pootie Tang is actually on our list to review it, it's a fucking awesome movie and it it will be reviewed in this podcast i swear but please keep sending us emails please keep calling us out but that's i think all we've got for this for this episode uh you can find us on itunes google play or wherever you find your podcast and until then i am colin mcleod mark club action jackson and uh we'll see you in cyberspace beep, beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. Oh, yeah.